0: Hello and welcome to the Curator's Salon podcast. I'm Gita Joshi and today my guest is Director at the Hastings Contemporary, Liz Gilmore. Welcome, Liz. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's really cool being here in Hastings, um, at the opening of the Hastings Contemporary. I know you've been at the site since it started uh, as the Jerwood Gallery. Can we start there and talk about... That journey from the Gerwood arriving in Hastings and then how that has evolved and how that then transitioned into the Hastings Contemporary.
1: It's been an incredible journey, actually, and it's wonderful to have this moment to look back uh, as well as gaze forward. And it was uh, about eight years ago, I stood on what was a concrete bit of old tarmac and gazed out to, to see at the point just as we were groundbreaking in the construction of the gallery. Um, it was an amazing foresight of Jarrod Foundation to invest in Hastings, invest in that building, but also the shared vision with the borough council and with many supporters at the time um, to bring a gallery into being into this amazing space. And if you look out to sea, you you are so aware of the sort of 1066 history. It's powerful when you gaze out to sea. Um, we have. Europe's oldest and largest beach-launched fishing fleet that we sit next to. And on the other side, the cliffs, the East and West Hills. So it's a very special place, and I think about that as our starting point. Um, It was in 2012 we launched the first time, and um, in in that first guide, we were able to sort of etch as our DNA modern British art showing modern British collection and also contemporary art and have changing exhibitions Uh, that was really important to um, establishing who we were and being able to sort of have a focus on on what was originally British art, particularly aspects of British painting. And um, in that journey, so much has happened. We we have um, 300,000 visitors have come through the door Um, We know that there has been a growing appetite for modern British art by the sea, um, that we've had numerous exhibitions. The artists that we've shown have been invaluable to to that, the partnerships. And and working with our peers, working with national institutions, uh, perhaps really importantly, though, it's, it's not just the numbers of people that have come through the door, it's the quality of the experience that people who may otherwise never have visited a gallery, that they have been able to come here and experience art for the first time, but also experience the beach for the first time, unbelievably. We're still dealing with children for whom um, coming to a gallery and coming to the beach is their first experience side by side. And they live a few miles up the road. And so um, we have important work to do. It's a very important journey that I feel we're just beginning uh, right now with the the launch of Hastings Contemporary as a new independent organisation and charity.
0: While the gallery was under the Jerwood, obviously it had a collection and part of that collection was always shown within the gallery space, but now as the Hastings Contemporary we're moving to a Kunsthalle model. How do you see that um, evolving and how has that transition been with this first opening exhibition?
1: It's a really special moment because um, many of the artists who were represented in the collection are like old friends to us, Uh, artists like David Bomberg or Prunella Clough, um, important artists, and uh, we have a great deal of affection for them, so we don't want to lose that connection with our old friends. Um, At the same time, we are setting off into the sea, out of the harbour, and at very new horizons and we can't be a ship at sea if we just house a collection. So what we're excited about is being able to take from the seven years of our evolution some of our key friends on this journey, some of those modern British artists, to show them in our exhibitions and have greater, more flagship exhibitions, to make key loans from other venues, uh, working with our peers like uh, the Tate, the National Gallery, we've tried that out over the last couple of years. We uh, were very fortunate working with Art Fund and Western to be able to have some of the first set of loans for regional galleries the National Gallery. So we had some Italian visitors, Giordano and Tiepolo, uh, from the 1700s coming to the gallery. Uh, So that's the kind of thing that people can expect to see, as well as uh, uh, modern art and contemporary art, that we want to be able to have new ways of looking at history and the present, borrowing further back in history, um, as well as showing art that's very pertinent of the moment as well. So the new Kunsthalle, the idea really is that we really utilize the very beautiful spaces in this gallery. Uh, there are, uh, There's one very large gallery downstairs and a further seven uh, smaller spaces that meander, but also it's the very beautiful courtyards, the corridors, the internal spaces, uh, the cafe, um, that can feel fully integrated now as part of this Kunsthalle and people, can come in through the doors and experience art immediately down the corridors. Um, So we will be utilising all spaces, bringing a new international dimension, Um, not in a way uh, feeling like we might just have to stick to one particular remit, but we are not losing sight of the really important DNA that we have etched through having our modern British starting point. That feels like something we will always carry
0: with us. So the Hastings Contemporary opens with an exhibition by work by Tal R, Roy Oxlade and David Bomberg. What is the programme for the rest of the year?
1: We have a wonderful um, exhibition opening this autumn of the artist Victor Willing. Um, He is in in some ways underrated, although very well respected and revered. He perhaps isn't the household name yet that he should be, um, but he is the most incredible talent, um, an amazing painter. His works will span the entire gallery uh, with a few spaces showing some of his his peers and contemporaries. people like Michael Andrews, also his wife, Paula Rago, Uh, but this really is a a focus on Victor um, in full flight, showing a number of aspects of his career, Um, the period where he was in London, then his move to Portugal with Paula, and then back again in London, and you'll see the journey of his work, how that was influenced by Portuguese climate and light, and how he came back and made some really monumental pieces. In the future, we will be working with, uh, again, a range of artists on sort of the contemporary side. We are working with um, Argentinian artist Varda Cavano, um, also with the the British artist Anne Ryan. Uh, We're preparing for some major modern British exhibitions of some, some of the modern British giants. So the important thing for us is that we will we'll continue to show modern art, contemporary art, but give it a really strong international twist with much broader horizons and sight lines than perhaps we've been
0: we've been doing so far. Sounds amazing. And I actually saw some of Anne's work uh, recently at Sim Smith Gallery because she's showing there in Camberwell, which is just up the road from me. So that was actually quite cool because she's also done some uh, outdoor sculptures as well. So it'd be really yes. interesting to see how you um, integrate her work into an exhibition Absolutely. as well. Um, let's talk about uh, the outreach programme, which I know is always, like you've already said, really important for, um, for the gallery when it was the Jerwood. But obviously, I know this is like really important work to you as well to keep mm. continuing. What plans have you got um, working with schools and other communities?
1: It's such an important dimension of what we do, the Learning and Participation Programme. Um, It's very dear to my own heart. uh, My early career was as a lecturer and educationalist at the National Gallery and spent many years thinking around how we make what was then a collection of Western European art from 1250 relevant and meaningful to very diverse communities. And... What I realise is, of course, the art can do that to, to so many different, different people, and our own experience of having a modern British collection that we have exposed to many different audiences who haven't visited before, uh, there can be some very profound responses. So, we, we have been working so far with every school in Hastings, uh, that's a very important part of our mission. Um, particularly if children have not visited a gallery before um, we we have become part of their life their diet it takes time and trust for those kinds of relationships to evolve with schools with communities and so it's a something that we slow burn to to develop very deep roots what we're aiming to do is create a, a habit of visiting and a sense of ownership of this gallery uh, it's important, therefore, our name reflects the place that we 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 are operating in Hastings, and uh, the kinds of programs that we do. We we work for a year in a qualitative way with a group of of students from different schools, and there is an exhibition at the end of it. They work with one of our very talented practitioners to make work in response to exhibitions, Mm -hmm. to plan in advance, to come and take part in things on site, and then to exhibit it at the end of the year and invite their, their, their parents, their friends, and that sense of affirmation and achievement and empowerment of seeing their work in this space. It's a very exciting moment that happens every summer to make that on show, and Um, Great credit to our team, the education and learning team who are able to work with all the schools, but also um, in a way that might not be seen to the public, such as our the hospice. Um, we work with refugees, a large group of Syrian refugees who came to Hastings in the last year. We've been working with at weekends and in conjunction with the Borough Council. So those kinds of things that might be unseen to everyone else are a very important part, we see, of our job here in really embedding
0: the gallery in Hastings. Wow, that sounds like phenomenal work. And as you say, you're quite right. It is something... That the casual visitor to Hastings wouldn't see, like how you know deep your work goes, you know, with the community outreach mm. programs for the schools. Are you um, working with schools, uh, school children of all ages as well. Absolutely, and you know it
1: starts actually preschool in the early years uh, with our Baby Sense program. Um, it's an incredible thing, you know, when when the doors are closed to the public. Actually, what we have is a buggy park, and um, up to a hundred babies and their parents. They don't come without their their parents. <laughs> Um, But it's a very busy time in the gallery. There's an interactive session looking at artworks, time for a very safe space to explore the gallery and to really build up that sense of ownership. There's nothing better than seeing a child lying on their belly, drawing or crawling around the space, feeling like it's their lounge. Um, We want that to be the case. We want them to feel that sense of of ownership here. And to do that in
0: in an environment, a beautiful environment like this by the sea is so special. Oh, my God, that's going to look, must be fantastic work. On that subject, I'm really excited uh, to talk about the Tal R show, which is on downstairs. And it would be really exciting, actually, to see what your new visitors, you know, certainly people that you're reaching from mm. these programs well, when they come in and see the space, mm. feeling quite different. Let's talk about the exhibition. How long in planning was that? We've
1: had uh, Talar on our radar for a long time. I think if people were to say to me, who do you think are those great artists operating now? Tal would certainly be on the first hand of of artists that I I list. Um, So he's been in our sight lines a long time. The momentum of the planning was more recent in in this last year um, when we saw the opportunity I knew the timing of our our launch in our new guise. So um, we've had very detailed conversations, visit to see him in Copenhagen. We wanted to show Tal because he is a very significant painter now, Um, not just painter, sculptor, draftsman. His abundant creativity, his ability to constantly reinvent himself is uh, magnificent and uh, I'm sure highly revered by many other artists for us, he, the, the creative process that he has sort of epitomises the journey we are on as a gallery and brings that important international dimension to what we're showing. So as visitors come through the door, they immediately, in this Kunsthalla way, in, uh, enter the world of Talar. Um, he, like most artists, doesn't take the usual path in exploring the everyday life around him. He veers off to the side, he gets lost in the wilds, and he... Um, He explores deep and far, but brings that back for us to see. He describes himself often as um, an artist, well, a group show by a single artist, and I think. (laughs) That, that is a fair reflection of this exhibition. It's a, it is a mini retrospective, mini because his his output is prolific and we can only capture aspects of it. But they are very diverse aspects. His trips to Greenland, his his home, his domestic living table, his um, the scenery around him in in Denmark. Um, it's all to be seen. His trip to Malia Bay. This uh, as part of his Greenland trip. They're, they're astonishing works. But also they capture the the early moment when One could say he shot to fame um, 17 years ago and that that abstract work that he made at the time. It's all here to see. And it is an exhibition that we want you to get lost in. We want you to wander around. We want you to enter the courtyard and get tangled up with the aubergine and and peas that will be in in that courtyard, the sculptures. So it's a great um, offer for Tal. Uh, We're very excited to have an artist of his stature here in Hastings. And for him, Hastings is, is, is like a living um, inspiration for him. He, as he looks around, he loves the place. So it was a great mutual affection between Talon and ourselves in the planning of this show.
0: His room downstairs, like the big room with his work, looks incredible. I just loved stepping into that space and actually how filled it was as well. It yes. uh, was the first thing that really struck me. Um, I, I really liked even just the hang with really small, like I think about A4 size drawings between very large, you know, six-foot paintings. I thought that was looking really interesting. And then these very um, flat, coloured plinths. I mean, colour is obviously a massive thing for both Tal, but the, it's uh, really coming through in the presentation as well. Um, so you've seen these sort of very flat, um, large, low plinths with, say, nine drawings framed sitting mm-hmm. on them. So, you know, unlike the sort of traditional way of uh, displaying things on plinths or under cases, which can often be like uh, church manuscripts or something, Mm. they're not kind of given that level of um, reverence, they're made much more accessible, you know, also Mm. through their height, but you're able to look down on them. Uh, How much time was, you know, did you sort of, or consideration were you guys given to that or did you have somebody else working with you to find interesting ways to display his work?
1: We, we knew we wanted to be playful with Tal and he would give us license to do that. Uh, so having seen some of Tal's shows previously and, and you know, both in Camden Arts Centre did an exhibition of Tal's years ago that was very vibrant, uh, but also... Um, internationally, you know, the pink wall that people mm. will see. That's very Tao, but it, it uses colour. We, the, the, the artist-made frames that are around the Malia Bay drawings, we use those colours to, uh, quite primary colours in a way, to to paint these low-level Scandi plinths that you describe. Um, and on that are series of drawings from, from Greenland. He describes his series as families. So it, it does have a, a Scandi aesthetic, um, certainly in the low-lying plinths. It's like Tal's studio. Even his great Dane, his dog, um, <laughs> lies on a low-lying, beautiful dog bed plinth. Um, so it's so Tal, um, the layout. but uh, And he suggested we do have plinths, The rest was left to us and um, I worked with a a few colleagues to think about how we could upend expectation of what people might think they're going to see as they come through the door. So there's some very playful arrangements in scale, as you Mm -hmm. referred to. Um, There's a playful arrangement in the latest work he's made, they're sort of high and low on the wall. in a seemingly crazy way, but actually make a lot of sense. Um, but we've tried to break all the rules, typically tau of what one might associate with usual curatorship. And um, haven't stuck to hanging levels and heights. And that seems to suit the work and the wild side of, of town. Yeah, it, it that just
0: looks amazing.
1: <laughs> Good, I actually like it. It's full of colour.
0: And it's, also, then when you go in the other room with the um, the frames, you know, the very large paintings, but they're sort of double hang. And then they've got these primary coloured frames as well, which really pop. I mean, that was another thing that was just like, wow, we go from one room that's like, wow, to another one.
1: Yeah, there's, a, there's both of them. Um, <laughs> It's celebration and oh. harmony at the same time. So um, the, the, the colour frames of the Malia Bay were Tal's choice. So the prints in the corresponding room, there's a there's a connection, and uh, we wanted it to be impactful. Um, one of the, the Malia Bay series, sort of there's works in a cluster, and then one pink one got free. Um, that looks like t- to us the letter B and, and Tal explained that it was um, very sort of minimized version of a ship in a distance that he'd have seen around Malia Bay. Um, But we we wanted that same playful spirit to enter the, the last room of the show and also to align that with Tal's words about... Always leaving with the feeling of a stone in your shoe. We, we do, in a sense, the pink wall isn't the wall you might choose for a girl's bedroom or, or anyone's bedroom. It's um, a, a wall that that makes you feel like you're leaving with a stone in your shoe. It's slightly, um, slightly. Well, it doesn't matter if you like it or you don't like it, as he said. It's really that you leave with that feeling that you have been a little bit haunted, perhaps, as you're leaving the gallery, <laughs> uh, but but in a in a in a lively way. Hopefully, in a way that makes you look back at the everyday and rethink your life and be able to see yourself as a within your own life that's quite a, a, a tricky thing to do sometimes to
0: really put your life afresh and then that room leads you into the first room with Roy Oxlade's work yes indeed and um, we, we because
1: the, the spaces sort of morph one gallery space leads seamlessly into the other in a sort of rambly almost like a grand houseway. way. Uh, we, we were thinking about how do we um, align these two exhibitions, one placed right next to the other. So after the riot of colour of leaving town, you enter the world of Roy Oxlade, who may look very different in terms of the way the, the work is painted, but actually um, they're really quite aligned. And so another person interested in capturing everyday life in a very direct way Roy's work, uh, the very first glimpse of it, you, you see his domesticity, his life with his artist's wife, Rose, literally uh, portraits of Rose. Um, a huge wall of drawings that we were able to discover in a hidden in a plan chest in his in his Kent home, and to to frame those works. So you've got the coffee pot and the stove and um, the sort of new drawings of his wife, all framed en masse on a very large wall that we have there, as well as some very beautiful um, paintings, orchestrated paintings um, that just draw you in. They're very instinctive, very intuitive in their approach, painted directly, they feel very raw, and yet they're beautiful, they're soft, they're beautiful, that's a very hard balance to get in the making of art.
0: Why don't you take us further around the show as you move upstairs, there's some more of his like, bigger paintings...
1: There are so um, the themes for Roy's work are consistent throughout all of his his life. Really, that he was always interested in the domestic and everyday. And in fact, most of the show is about um, the walls within his Kent cottage. So, uh, and, and where he lived with his uh, his artist wife Rose Wiley. Rose, of course, being our inaugural artist when we launched the gallery the first time round in 2012. In in some ways, their work is very similar and very different. Hers appears more graphic. Um, direct, might at first glance look like a freeze frame of a film, whereas his has an intensity of brushwork and um, different different in feel. But coming through this exhibition, you go upstairs, you're taken through the scenes you might expect to see in his domestic environment. So uh, a great deal of focus on his artist wife, Rose, who was his muse. Clearly, there's a huge um, number of works of her um, in 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 their home. Also, the, the things that made up his home, his studio, his life, mm-hmm. his, his fireplace. Uh, they live in the most beautiful cottage with a, an enormous fireplace and that takes centre stage in one of the rooms. Um, as you progress through the show, we, we wanted to to take people further back in history, to go back to those modern British giants and we meet in, in one of our rooms, David Bomberg, who was in fact Roy Oxlade's tutor at Borough Polytechnic many years ago. They taught taught him an evening class and so works of Roy as a student in the 50s are an incredible addition that we've unraveled for this exhibition Um, and we've placed Roy side by side with his tutor but also updated it with a more recent Roy work which shows the continuing Mm -hmm. relationship and I hesitate to use the word influence because I think they have such distinctive styles but there certainly is a harmony between the two artists in the way they Mm -hmm. might paint and their composition approaches whether that's a landscape or a figure painting and of course opposite that we have um, our artist patron Sir Quentin Blake who has been a resident Mm -hmm. of pastings for many years we have a room of drawings that he's done to celebrate this moment to celebrate the new dress so um, he has Uh, made some drawings of a woman wearing a dress, cardboard dress, in many configurations. None of them quite fit yet, this is a new dress, so she's wearing it in, and I suppose cardboard isn't as malleable as material. Um, But they're beautiful, tender, playful, in the same spirit as Tao. And visitors meet that again in the Kunsthalle downstairs in the corridor where there's a very large work of Tao and a very large work, uh, a series of works next to that large work by Sir Quentin Blake.
0: Oh my gosh, I need to go and look at that as well. I think I missed that already.
1: Um, Quentin Blake is uh, doesn't have a defined room. We've had major exhibition of his in the main space. He's um, someone that enables many of our first-time visitors to enter the world of art. He's defined childhood for people. He's been part of the children's storybook. But the Quentin Blake you see here at Hastings Contemporary is, is not Quentin Blake the illustrator you might have seen before. It's Quentin Blake in fourth, Flight as an incredible creative artist and whilst you might recognize his characteristic style we are really keen to support his creative freedom, which he shows in abundance, and so there are changing exhibitions of, uh, of Quentin's that we will programme throughout the year, and he's an ever-popular and continuing presence for us, so we're delighted to have him as our patron. And he's a local, is that right? He is. He's had a house in the, in the old town for a long time, so in his mind, he's he feels very fortunate that a gallery was built at the end of his road. Uh-huh. We feel very fortunate that he has always been there he's a
0: a great source of inspiration oh amazing Liz thanks so much for your time today it's been amazing seeing you again and seeing the exhibition when can people visit the gallery?
1: the gallery is open Tuesday to Sunday from 11 until 5 except on the first Tuesday of every month Uh, we are open until 8 o'clock and we're free admission from 4pm on those days
0: so come and see us So the Hastings Contemporary is showing the Tell Our exhibition until the 13th of October and the Roy Oxlade and Bomberg exhibitions are um, available for you to come and see until the 6th of October. I'll add all of that information including the social media handles for the Hastings Contemporary into the show notes. Thank you Liz so much.
1: Thank you for having (laughs) me. See you soon. See you soon.
0: The Curator's Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.